Welcome to the Influential Nonprofit, the show for nonprofit leaders to grow their influence so they can grow their income and impact. Now, here's your host, Marianne Dersh. All right. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Influential Nonprofit. As usual, I'm your host, Marianne. I work with nonprofit leaders to grow their influence so they can ask for and receive anything they want and need without feeling the big three rejected, ineffective, or pushy. And Jamie Yasdani, and you are the founder and chief consultant of Yasdani Consulting. And we're going to talk about what you do in a second. I'm excited to have you here. And before we get into, because you, well, let me just say what you do for a second, and then we'll get into the other meat of the content. You um, help mission-driven organizations lead more impactful projects, teams, and planning. Yes. So you are a professional, help us get our shit together person. Yes. And help you get your your people together moving forward in the same direction, I think is really, really. I think key. that, well, I mean, I could just think of a million examples that just flooded my head of when people were moving in different directions and yeah that's tough right that's that that can be a tough place to be in okay and you are a certified project management professional with more than 16 years of experience in managing a portfolio of innovative projects and planning initiatives we're going to get into project management and before we start that my first question as usual is tell me something that you're proud of that you don't get to brag about a lot Bob. wow that's a good one so i think Something lately that I'm I'm feeling proud of that I I definitely am not bragging about a lot is just that my business has been growing and that I've that I've been able to, you know, kind of create connections in the nonprofit world and the mission driven world. And I'm really proud of that. It's not easy to kind of start things on your own. So I'm proud of that. I'm proud that I get to help people, yeah, lead better projects. Um, lead their teams. And so it's probably not something I talk about a lot because I'm trying to do it. Right. You're in it. Yeah. That's something I've been proud of. It's been a journey to kind of get here. And so I'm proud to be here. Yeah, yay. And, and you know that I'm glad you said that because it is a journey <laughs> and and it takes some focus and, you know, and you just, you know, be- belief in yourself and your value. And even if you know, no matter the circumstance, right? That's one thing that I work with people on is holding your sovereignty, no matter the circumstance. And Mm -hmm. so my value is not based on how much I raise or how much I sell or whatever. It's like, I hold my own value. And that's a big skill when you're, when you're, when you're starting something, you know? Yeah. Because what you put into it in the beginning isn't always what you get out and right at, at first. Okay. So how did you come to starting the business? Yeah, so I spent about 15 years in academic libraries. So I was a librarian, but I spent most of my career as a library director. Um, And so I was managing a lot of projects, managing a lot of people and teams and budgets. And, um, you know, higher ed and libraries are kind of this mix of of nonprofits and mission-driven. It's, you know, kind of an interesting space. Um, But I got burned out and I, I kind of felt like I wasn't, maybe really fulfilling my complete purpose. And so I left and started my own consulting company. And I was originally doing a lot of training and leadership development because that was really a passion for me and something I had done a fair amount of my own um, kind of engagement with professional organizations around 
but folks kept helping me to ask them manage projects. So I would go in to talk about teams and development. Um, and that was something I was always really good at and had some training in. And so in 2020, I kind of re rebranded the business, refocused on project management and planning. And what I found is it's still a lot of leadership development. Sure. Because it really is about getting people, like I said, moving forward in the same direction. And so even though kind of the services I offer have a different name, it's the the passion is is sort of still there in the same. And so, yeah, 2020 was a horrible time to brand anything new. And so it was, you know, it has been a, a journey since COVID and nobody wanted to plan anything and nobody was doing a project because we were all just trying to keep things together. Um, but since then, things have grown. And so I, I do work with nonprofits. I work with associations. I still work with libraries and education and government, kind of that mix of mission-driven organizations. And so I do project management, planning, and I still do a fair amount of training. As well. Yeah. Awesome. So if you are managing, you know, your own project, what are some of the strategies or what do you coach people on who are in there kind of doing it themselves? Yeah. So I think particularly in the nonprofit space, one of the things that I often see is that we get really focused on the why. And I think because often we have to spend so much time talking about the why to get money and funding and get sort of buy-in that then once we're in a position to actually lead the project or the program or develop it, we're, we need to shift into a how mode and mindset. And I think sometimes that shift can be really, really hard. And so I see that with folks that I coach and when I'm doing training and talking to people about how they're managing their own projects, that's kind of shifting into the how when you're so passionate about the why and being able to articulate the how, I think is kind of the biggest challenge people face. And so there are some strategies project management offers to sort of help folks with that. But that's the biggest challenge I tend to see. And and so the if the why seems to me would be about the vision and the mission and all of those mm -hmm. things. And then the how's like, okay, how are we going to actually do this? Now this yeah. feels scary. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And often, you know, we're, we know maybe the how in our head, but it's about explaining it to all of the people who already have a lot on their plate, whether it's volunteers or donors or other staff members in a way that's going to engage them to kind of move us forward. And so, you know, kind of coming up with a reasonable plan that people can actually do and support you, I think is the the challenge. And it can, it can feel really overwhelming to try to figure out how to move this forward. And especially because we know that the work we're doing can have such an impact, you know, it, it feels really even more important to get it right. And I think those are the places where people really kind of struggle sometimes to manage things on their own. Right. And so what, how do you know when it's time? Like, oh, I, I need some, I need somebody else to help me with this project. Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on the organization. I, and I work with people in both capacities. So I do project coaching where people can kind of come to me and I'm just offering advice and they you know, we're doing it on their own, but I also offer, you know, project management services where I can come in and do it for you. And I think it's probably a question of really bandwidth within your organization. So not only sort of your own bandwidth to manage and corral all the cats, right, to, to get everybody on the same page, um, but also, 
you know, whether you that's how you want to be using your skill set. So sometimes it's easier for the person who's come up with the idea or is overseeing the project or program to really be the subject matter expert and not have to worry about all of the little pieces and all of the little details and that the I's are dotted and everything. And so I think those are the questions that I would usually ask. How do you want to spend your time on this project? Is it advocating for it? Is it contributing expertise or is it, you know, doing all of the the things that are necessary to get a group of people moving together in the same direction? Right. So what are some of those things that are necessary to get a group of people moving in the same direction? Yeah. So uh, one of the big ones for me is, you know, making sure that you do talk about what the project actually is, what the scope of the project is. So defining that very clearly. What is it that you're building? Are you building a program? Are you redesigning a service? Are you offering something in particular? So defining that really clearly so that people understand what they're going to be asked to do. Um, But then talking about the specific outcomes. So what are you, if I'm, say I'm building a new program to address some challenge in my community, what does building a new program mean? Does it mean a training? Does it mean, you know, what are the specific things that you're going to build? Then you can work backwards from there. The other thing that I often tell people too is to make sure that they actually plan for communication. What I see, like a mistake that I see a lot of people make is they put all the project plan together. They spend a lot of time on a detailed schedule and all of these things and then say, okay, well, how are we going to start engaging our stakeholders or our volunteers or how am I going to let my team know what they need to do? Communication planning should be one of the first things that you consider um, and you should be communicating all along. So, you know, share a draft timeline of the project tasks and see if this is actually reasonable. Can people actually do what you're asking them to do? And so I think being really intentional about communication is one of the ways, you know, to really kind of get people together. I think that's an overlooked piece of of managing people and projects. Yeah. I and I can see why just when you said, you know, you should share a draft timeline and I'm thinking that person's going, oh no, because what if how I'm going to get some feedback. I'd rather just, you know what I mean? Like, we're going to do it. Don't ask any questions. Like, like you know, like, oh, now I'm going to get some feedback. And I, oh, now how I'm going to manage that. So we want to, I know. And I, it's always better to over communicate than under communicate. Like, there are so few situations where it could actually over communicate something. I, I just don't even think that's a thing, you know? But I do feel like sometimes, yeah, I see where people hold it close because they don't want, they don't understand how to navigate the feedback. They don't, right? And, or, Mm-hmm. They're afraid that person is going to derail the plan or something. So they just keep it close. And but eventually then that will come out, right? It's going to sooner or later, it's coming yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I always say that the people that you don't want to include in the project at the beginning because you think they're going to delay or be difficult, they will appear. They will pop up <laughs> at some point. They'll either be really unhappy with what you've created and sort of bash it or, you know, not implement it well. Or they'll just get in the way. You'll realize that you actually do need them to do this, you know, one crucial thing and they're just not on board and it'll be at a point in the project where you can't really turn around or, you know, make too many changes. And so I do think, you know, yeah, you can't really over communicate. I understand that fear of rejection. And I think that's the, the thing that I often tell people, your role as a project manager is not to write the best plan 
It is to get to the best outcomes. And so you want to keep, it's not, they're not rejecting you. They're helping you make your plan better so that it actually works, right? That's what we're getting at. And so I do think you have to take your ego out of it a little bit. And also I will say that all of the effort that you go and put into planning, often other people just aren't going to recognize it, but they will recognize the good outcomes. They will recognize that you're facilitating collaboration and feedback. Those things I'll recognize, but they're not going to recognize all the effort you put into the plan. So just it's like like if you've ever done an event, you know, and people are like having an amazing time and that's all you want. They don't need to know, right? Yeah. um, You know, all of the all of this stuff that you went through to get that there, they're just having an amazing time. And that's sort of like, what I, that's the reward, right? Yeah. Like that's, and uh, yeah. one of the things I talk about is the medicine and the cure. And so we tend to focus on the medicine. We, we focus on the how we do things, but pe- most people don't like, and I'm speaking from a marketing like donor mm-hmm. perspective here. They don't really care how, they care what what difference are you making? What is the outcome? So it's like, what is that cure? And they will swallow any medicine if the cure is strong enough. And so what I'm hearing you saying is like really getting on with that outcome. Here's what we want. And if we keep, if we keep our eyes on what we want, then, you know, those bumps in the road that like I said, they'll swallow any medicine. They can just want the outcome. And yes, and all of that, you know, you, you know, the people see the tip of the iceberg. They don't, they don't see underneath. They don't need to. And it, like focusing on that outcome, that's the true thing. And also, like, what is that phrase? No plan, no battle plan ever survived, you know, war and, and no plan ever survives or no no battle plan ever survived contact with the enemy, right? I, I can't, who, somebody's going to tell me who said that. And, I, and so, and then there's no, you know, so no plan is ever really going to stay intact. Like, that's not the point of it. Right. And, and I think that's a, it's a, I see a lot of, People who are new to managing a project get really kind of caught up in that about really wanting to have a great plan to share and following the plan exactly. And if it works out, awesome, but it's yeah. unlikely. And also, we're, we tend to be working in kind of either crunch situations where you're trying to get a lot done at one time and things are very dynamic, or it's like a long project. People change priorities change. You might get more money or less money. And so you do have to keep adapting, but you want to keep your eye on that that prize at the end. What is yeah. it that you're actually creating? What are you creating? Right. That's what matters. And so, yeah, that's where I try to tent, get people to focus. And I think project management has some, you know, strategies for doing. Yeah. I'd love to share for you to share like a story or an example of, you know, uh, a project and how you led people through it. Yeah, so I'm, I've been working on that project actually for over a year. It, it's a good example of it was something we thought we would have done much earlier, but has kind of expanded and, and kept going. Um, but it's a, an organizational development HR type project where we're implementing some, um, you know, like career and pay transparency in an organization. And so obviously people have a lot of feelings about a lot of that. And there's a lot of kind of culture change involved. But I was brought in after the project had already started to manage to do the project management because it was becoming unwieldy and sort of overwhelming. And so one of the things that I found is that as we got through the project, sometimes even myself would lose sight of what those outcomes were. 
because you get so focused on the details and the timeline and what we're doing. And several times I had to remind myself, wait, what did I just tell people in that training that I did? I told them to think about the outcomes and really kind of come back to that. And so that's been an interesting an interesting project. We actually just launched kind of one big you know, kind of phase of it last week and it went really well. And we're, you know, kind of proud and taking a little bit of time to celebrate, which I also think is really important. Yeah. So wait till the end of a very long project and don't even say thank you because we've moved on to the next thing. I think we need to take that time to say thank you. And so that's been really interesting. We've And our deliverables have changed a little bit from what we saw at the beginning. And we've had to put more focus on some communications and messaging elements, which I don't, which I think are really critical to good outcomes for this project. Um, But it wasn't something maybe we had planned for in the exact same way. Like we ended up having to do some training that we hadn't planned for, but I think it's going to make this successful for the organization. Right. And I want to go back to what you said, because I think what you said is so important, which is taking like the inhale, taking the time to like and to first celebrate and to just power down right before the next thing. And somebody like you can really, hey, it's okay. Like, let's just take it, like reminding people, take a breath, celebrate the accomplishment, and then we'll go into the next phase. Because and I do this to me, this is a reminder for me because I'm so focused on like next thing, next thing, next thing, you know, like I'm out to revolutionize an industry. I got crap to do, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> da, 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 da. And, and so like, and just really celebrate you know, really celebrate. And I talk a lot of, I'm working with this, the, the wonderful sisters of St. Joseph of Carondelet and that, and with their communications and advancement team and that we do these weekly calls. And one of them was like, before we start this, we, what let's, we, we do like a quarterly planning. So before we got, what did we accomplish? What can we celebrate from our first, you know, 90 days? And, and it, it was like, you could see everybody shift. Like, and think about something where it was just like, okay, next 90 days, next 90, you know, like, mm-hmm. and let's just relish in that and feel how good that feels because that fuels the next phase and the next phase, right? Yeah, that's a perfect example. And that's a really, I, a really good example, I think, for nonprofits in particular that often have boards and other groups where it's useful for new people to know what has been accomplished. I think a lot of times we spin our wheels because we don't talk to people about what we've already done, what the past board did. We're not kind of giving them uh, enough context. But yeah, building in points to celebrate, you know, kind of milestones within a project, at least to reflect, you know, about what's going right, what isn't. And, you know, and I have to say it's hard. I'm not always as good about that um, personally, I think, as I should be. But it's best practice for a reason. Right. It's a practice. It does work. And even today I was on a project meeting where, you know, I said, and I'm, you know, they're my client, that I was really proud of kind of what the work that everyone did last week. And I think that mattered. You know, like even even though I'm just the project manager on a, a larger project, I, I think it mattered and it was nice to hear. And it hopefully gives people the energy to keep moving forward. And so I often encourage folks, if they are drawing up a communication plan for how they're going to communicate throughout the project, go back in and add, how are we going to celebrate after phase one? How are we going to celebrate, you know, at the end? How are we going to 
spend time thinking about what we've accomplished. And those things can be added to meeting agendas. And they can become a habit if we make them. I think it can be a cultural shift that is so important. And that's, I think, how, because we were talking a little bit before we hit record about the project manager as an influencer, right? Because that's my language's ability. That's that's a project manager influencing the culture, right? And saying like, hey, it's important, like to just to speak like, I'm like, it's okay. Like, I'm proud of you. This is really good work. Like, taking that pause and acknowledging, you know, the, the, there's a lot of, because project management has changed, right? Like, it's implementing something new. Change is scary. And stepping into that and just having people acknowledge that, I just don't think that's done enough. You know, I, 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 I if it, people feel like, oh, and they just, it, it fuels them, you know, it yeah. fuels them. And I see that as I'm working with clients through projects, I'm in a position to, to kind of watch that change happen because often you know that you want to make a change. That's why you initiated the project in the first place. But sometimes as we're doing the work, you're really coming to terms with what that means. And I I do think there's an opportunity to acknowledge that, that it is a change, which is why communication is so important. It shouldn't be an afterthought. You can run a, a project without a timeline, but you can't run one without good communication and be successful. And so, yeah, I think celebrating is a, a good thing and reflecting. So I want to I ask you for a little bit, like once we celebrated, completed a project, done all that, how, how do we maintain change? Like, how do we maintain that work? Yeah, so, I, and obviously that depends on what the project is. Often we're building something that then is becoming a part of our regular services or folks are implementing. And so, you know, when it switches to that next, phase, you know, it really is dependent on kind of what it is that that you're doing. But one of the best practices that I learned when I did get my project management professional certification that I hadn't been doing. I mean, I'd been leading projects for 10 years before I got that certification. One of the best things I learned from that was to do a retrospective, right? At the end of the project, talk about what went well, what didn't, what did we learn? But don't just do that as an activity and kind of walk away at the end. Put that somewhere where other folks can look at it and really think about, well, what worked well in this project? And are there things we learned about how to work together, how to communicate with our volunteers or stakeholders? Are there things we've learned about, you know, how long tasks are taking or resources that we need? Really kind of doing that deep dive at the end, but making it actionable, putting it somewhere where people can think about moving forward. There are also, you know, you can input that creates some kind of workflows and processes that you can, you know, implement throughout your organization that can make all of your projects run better. But I think most valuable for anyone, it's just thinking about what you learned in that way of working together. And then are there ways that we can apply that to other ways we collaborate? Right, right. So this makes you think of something. One of my coaches, like I had been working for something for a long time and I finally made it happen. Not finally, you know, is it? I made it happen. And like the words like finally or still, that's judgment as far as, oh, finally, it's going to take what it's going to take, right? It's happened. And I said, how did I do this? And he, my coach, and I had something happen, right? That I was working for, for a long time. And one of my coaches, Dr. Aaron, I said, I'm like, how did I do this? And he goes, 
well, how did you do this? Like, I don't know, wow, that is a thing. And then I wrote down, you know, what it took, you know, patience, you know, um, all of the devotion, being willing to stop and start at different times. And I mean, there's like 15 things. So I think there's a part of it. And it's not about, it, it, you can say, oh, here's what we're right or here's what we're wrong. But it's sort of like, how did we do this? This is amazing. Yeah. What, 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 because I think you go to the next level of like, I don't know, of skill and what, <clears throat> what it took to really make change and, and just revel in that. You're like, wow, I did this. I did this thing. And again, I do feel like, because we're nonprofit, especially like, okay, great. Done that next. Okay, yeah. great. Next. Because there's so many more people to help. There's so much <laughs> the issues and the problems come. So when something is resolved, hey, we created this, you know, like maybe you helped somebody create an after school program or something like, okay, next. Now we got to do before school. <laughs> so yeah. Is it like, okay, what, what did it take to create this? How can we then create a formula for that? Like, this is what you're saying, right? Create a formula for that. So the next thing, like, hey, we already have informed. We know how we work best. Yeah. Here's what we do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's essentially it. That's it. Exactly. And I think also when you, and I know, because I know myself that it is, you do want to move on to the next thing. And I often say that in mission-driven organizations, the scope of our, the problems we're trying to solve is huge, but the scope of our work or our project actually needs to be pretty narrow because we can only do a couple of solutions at a time. And so I think, you know, if we can get, create a culture where we do think about how we did something, what worked really well, the things that maybe we could have done better, when you create that culture, it really helps your staff grow. You know, it doesn't have to be kind of a punitive thing. It doesn't have to be that we never have time to reflect, that we're never improving, that people don't feel, you know, people feel very overburdened. Um, I think people want to know that they can try things and fail and learn from them. That's how you get successful teams. And so modeling this when we're talking about our projects, modeling it for ourselves, even if it's, you know, a lot of nonprofits are small and there may only be a handful of you, but even if you can have a conversation about, well, we just did this thing, how did we do that? What made this successful? What work, what could we have done better? That alone probably will get some improvement, right? And people yeah. will feel comfortable <clears throat> considering that for themselves, going to other people to get help. So I think that's that's really important to do, even if it takes time. Yes, because, right, and that's the biggest thing is we, we see time as finite, but really I have a lot of thoughts on this, but I'm not, but time is, Time is not as finite as we think. And when it takes time, those things, they don't take time, right? That's a link. I think that's a really important like tick of language. Nothing takes time, right? It, but it's an investment, right? It's because it, that assumes that's taking away from something else. But things like these are actually like, and then you think of better language. Like they, because by doing that, you're creating time, yeah. right? Because the next time you do that, it's going to take less time. Right. right. And that's I, that's one of the things is even when I work with people, you know, on the coaching and the, the performance coaching and things that I do, like, oh, that takes a lot of time. Like, yes. And, I, you know, it's not retaking really anything. It's giving you skills that so everything else you do is easier. Right. You navigate conflict more easily. You have less clean up conversations. You have more productive. Right. Like all of those things. So I think that's one thing to just keep in the, you know, like it does. It, it requires an investment of time for reflection in the sense, but that is an investment that will pay off, you know, down the road. And I, there's one other thing I want to share with you that I think is really interesting. So I had a story a few years ago that I, 
didn't get a lot done and I wasn't getting enough done. So a colleague and I, we would just give each other voice notes at the end of the day because like, dang, I'm actually doing so much that I wasn't really seeing it as that because it wasn't everything on, you know, I, or wow, I did a lot today. And, and I think that is kind of what the project, like what you're sharing with me, what a project manager is like helping people were like, you are, we are getting stuff done. We, you know what I'm saying? Like, like reminding them that this is, you know, that this is part of the process, that there's stops and stalls that, you know, like that, and really keeping everybody engaged and moving forward, even if they think they're not doing enough or not enough is happening. Right. Yeah. And I would say, you know, often I'll show in a, a team meeting, kind of like a chart of what what the next tasks are. But you usually keep the stuff that you've already done, even if you kind of consolidate them yeah. a little bit. But you keep that because we have done something. We've updated yeah. something. We're moving forward. It's not just about what the next the next step is. But I do think, yeah, we often think you're right about taking time and that sort of language. I I feel like a lot of the reflection and preparation and thinking about process is more about getting to a point where you can be proactive versus reactive. And so instead of reacting to everything like it's a new emergency, a new challenge, you're creating space to be proactive in how you approach things, which I think is just better for our mental health than our, you know, if we're all pumped up reacting to everything and what's the next step. It's just not good for us or our teams. And I'm someone who is very future focused, but you also have to think about the present as well and, and how you did get here and what, what you did do. Otherwise, you don't have the energy to move forward. Right, right. It just feels like it's a never ending, right? There's no sense of completion of like, oh, that's awesome. And then we do the inhale and then you go to the next, you know, the celebration, the inhale, build the energy up. I think for me, that's one of the biggest, I think, issues and burnout contributors to nonprofit. And I'm going to speak a little bit about like the fundraising, get the money, get the money, get the money, get the money, constant, constant, constant. And that there's no, okay, there's no cycle, right? Okay. Here's where we're going to be really productive. And then here's, we're going to power it out. And here's, we're going to be really, you know, and it's just all it. And what I know for sure is that hustle is not sustainable right? Grace and ease and flow is sustainable. Mm-hmm. And that's what a project meant. That's what I see you doing, creating, like, I call it grace and ease and flow. You probably have different languages, like creating that flow, that ease that makes things sustainable because hustle and crisis and reaction is not sustainable, right? Well, it's also not effective, right? Beyond not being sustainable, like it really isn't effective for anyone. Like you're not, we're, we're not necessarily getting our best decision making or anything. Right. We're, when we're moving at that that pace, it's funny when I was a library director, it often felt like we had this never ending to do list and I couldn't get things done and I couldn't make the impact that I wanted. And I would often build in even something very small in my day so I could feel like I accomplished something. I spent a lot of times feeling like I didn't accomplish something. And one of the things that I used to do, which is a very silly sort of thing, but sometimes I would like clean out my purse. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a medical receipt <laughs> or like clean out a desk or like that go feels so good. If I could say I did so, like I needed to see myself accomplishing something, particularly if you feel like you're heading your head up against the wall repeatedly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's funny because that was something I shared with my team. And one of them recently sent me a text. We haven't worked together for years and was like, Jamie, I'm cleaning out my purse and I'm thinking of you. Like it's been a rough day. You know, and I, 
Uh, but I want to see that I've done something. And so I think even with kind of strategic planning and implementation planning, building in some smaller pieces where we can see that we've accomplished something, because otherwise it just feels like you're you're never seeing. Are you? Yeah, you're all working and not not seeing the the outcome at all, right? But often if we stop and look around, then we are able to see the result. And yeah. if we rely on each other, I might not think I'm getting a lot done, but sometimes it takes someone like a coach or a coworker or a friend or someone else. Right. But these things, I see what you're doing. Yeah. I work right. Really steps and so surrounding your yourself with people and being the person for other people who acknowledges what they've been doing is really critical it is it is so critical and i do feel like we kind of undervalue sometimes our work or downplay it there's a whole other psychology and stuff behind that we're not going to get into that right now but you know and like having other people you know validate you feels really good and so does a clean purse i love that <laughs> you can't <laughs> You know, like, I'm just like, you know, it just, everything's where it should. I just cleaned my car the other day. It felt so dang good, you know? My husband yeah. got a new car and I realized my car had gotten dirty. I didn't realize it wasn't until I got into this new car. Right. You know, those little things can really help people like build the energy. All right. Well, this has been awesome, Jamie. Thank you so much. And I want to ask one more question. This is how I close off. I'm a karaoke person. I love karaoke. I don't know if you sing karaoke or not, but I'm ever, if we're ever in the same city, what's your go-to karaoke song? What are you going to sing? That's a really hard one. I am an Elvis fan. And so I might want to sing Kentucky Rain, not a stand to hurt sort of um, karaoke song, but that's a favorite. Um, So yeah, I'd probably want to do some Elvis. Uh-huh. I, I, I thumbs. That's good. a good song too. And I, yeah, I don't, you don't hear that a lot of karaoke. So that would be really good. No. And maybe it's not even available inside. So yeah, right. It is. Album song, sure it is. But it's good because it has a little bit. He really kind of slows down a little bit and then speeds back up. I don't know. It's just a good song. And so that would be my, my one. Awesome. That, that, all right. We're going to, we're going to book it. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> you had, um, how can people get in touch with you? So yeah, it's DonnieConsulting.com, Y-A-Z-D-A-N-I, Consulting.com. There's all the kinds of ways to to find me there. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm the only Jamie Yasdani, <laughs> Jamie with no E. Um, so I'm actually very easy to find. Um, and so. well, we have links in the show notes. If um, if you, you can go find those in the show notes and get in touch with Jamie, if you want, you know, some little bit of coaching or maybe some more in-depth project project management to just talk to her about how, you know, how she can help you. This has been lovely. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you. All right, everybody, that's it for me and the Influential Nonprofit. If you, I am looking to fill up my fall calendar. If you need a keynote speaker or workshop speaker, I'd love to talk to you. There's a link in the show notes with a quickie intro call for me. And it's just fun to meet people no matter what. Let's see what's going on. But if I would love to talk with you, if you are have uh, availability for speakers. And thanks again for the, from the Influential Nonprofit. Thanks for listening to The Influential Nonprofit with your host, Marianne Dirsch. If you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends and colleagues about the podcast. Also, check out theinfluentialnonprofit.com for more resources on growing your influence so you can raise more and do more.